You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. Today I am thrilled to be talking with my dear friend, Amanda White. Amanda um, has been blogging for quite a while. She can share with us how long, but um, I know her as Oh Amanda and (laughs) all of her work she's done with um, inspiring your kids, impress your kids. Not inspire your kids. Impress your kids. Whatever. Whatever. Kids. There's kids and she's doing things with them. Um, But I met Amanda at um, a blogging conference and we just totally hit it off. Our passions for just wanting to tell our children about how awesome God is and um, an enthusiasm for kids ministry and just um, all things good. And it was at that meeting that she told me about a special project that we're going to talk more about today. Um, yay. Yay. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you God for Center having Mom. me, Heather. I've, I missed you since I haven't seen you in like two whole weeks since the loom. And now I'm so glad I get to talk to you. I know. I know. We had We actually got a lot of special time. We year. did. Yeah. You yeah. need to follow our Instagram stream if you don't, and you will find out how fun we are. Oh, yes. What was our <laughs> – oh, yeah, we're, we're – um, yeah, if you go to the Illum pictures, <laughs> what is that called? The, the smile, smile booth. booth. Yes. I could not find that word. Yeah. Yeah. We had a good time. We like to smile. Um, but Amanda, yes. tell me how many children you have and their names, uh, ages, that kind of stuff. My daughter is Lydia, and she is seven, and my son is Asa, and he is five, and they're fabulous. They are pretty cute. I've seen, I mean, I've never met them, but their pictures are adorable. Yes. Tell me, like, your motherhood story. Had you always wanted to be a mom? Is this something that shocked you? What was, what was your desire on being a mom? Well, I don't remember if I ever, if I always wanted to be a mom. I, um... I don't know. I don't think I had like, you know, I want to get married. I didn't like to babysit and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, But when I was in college, I did this really cool book about being on purpose. And I can't remember what it was called or anything about it. But you went through this like novel. And at the end of every chapter, you had to write down these. uh, you, You were kind of going along with what the character was doing. And he was discovering his purpose in life or something. And it it went through different sections. So it was like your health purpose and, and your I don't remember your work purpose and the personal one. Um, mine was to be a good mom, and it sort of surprised me. And then you had to narrow down between all of those different purposes. Your number one, one, number one, one, whatever. <laughs> and um, the one that came to the top for me was uh, being a mom, and it, it mm. surprised me. I'm like, wow. I, I guess I didn't really know I wanted to do that. I had I was always involved in children's ministry, so I guess technically I liked kids, but I wouldn't consider myself like, oh, I want to hold the baby. I want to play with the kids. You know, I just felt passionate about kids knowing about the Lord and I knew how to work with them. Um, and so when my husband and I got married, we did not have kids for seven years. So it wasn't, again, it wasn't like I was like, 
you know, dying to be a mom or like, I want to have four kids before I'm 28 or something. Right. There was none of that. Right. So, um, you know, we worked in children's ministry. We were, we helped start a church in Orlando. We were children's evangelists, if you want to say it that way, and traveled around and spoke at churches and camps and things like that. Um, spoke to kids. I mean, you know, did puppets and magic and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yes, yes. I forgot the puppets. <laughs> That's like the yes. best. The best resume entry is that you were a puppeteer. That's so awesome. That's I know. So awesome. Who gets to do that? So, um, and then we worked at a mega church in Birmingham, and we were the children's pastors over all the elementary kids. Mm-hmm. And then I had Lydia, and I was like, I'm not leaving this kid anywhere with anyone. <laughs> and I would cry. I would. We. Oh, it was a crazy experience. But we had like. Um, 10 services by the time we finally left that church and we were in charge of all of them and had like one part-time assistant person it was no totally overwhelming but um I would I was doing a service all by myself at this one campus we had three campuses and I had like one adult volunteer and it was not a lot of kids in there but I remember I'd have to go nurse Lydia in the middle of the service so like they'd be watching like a five minute video and I'd be rushing to the nursery to nurse Lydia and I would just cry during it and I would say Lydia you are more important than all of these other kids put together and I just Mm. I didn't want to be in that church environment you know full time anymore Mm. and so yeah I guess motherhood did surprise me Mm. interesting interesting yeah well that's I mean I think that's a good lead in kind of to what we're going to talk about today just how involved you were in children's ministry yeah. And, um, and yet the pull between your own kids and other people's kids. and Yeah, and, and it took me a while after we left that church. And we didn't just leave because I wanted to be a mom or whatever. There was clearly issues there if we're having three campuses and ten yeah. services and no help. But um, when I got home, it was hard for me when I was you know staying at home because I was like, I used to have 600 kids under me. I used to have ten mm. services and had all these people answering to me. And I was – leading this whole ministry and then I'm at home with my one kid that you know I'm potty training like what in the heck this is not even like ministry at all did I miss out on God's calling in my life and (laughs) you know it was it was really hard for me um not necessarily like doing the motherhood part because I enjoyed all of that and even when she was teeny tiny I was teaching her bible verses and you know trying to do all that kind of stuff doing crafts or whatever but but the part of what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Like, did I miss out on what I thought and what I went to school for and what my husband and I did for the first seven years of our life? Did I just miss out on that? Mm. You know? So, um, but of course God has led me into understanding that motherhood is a ministry and that he can work through me in other areas and other audiences through my motherhood and through other skills and gifts that he's given me. So that's good. So would you say at that point when you were frustrated, um, with, you know, parenting the one versus you had all this experience with all these other kids, like, where did you turn from there? Like, what was your solution? Did you just hang out in that point of te- place of tension for a while, years, or did it resolve pretty quickly? Um, well, I think it's just a slow thing. Um, there was definitely defining moments, and I've talked about this on my blog, but I was reading a devotional by Robin Jones Gunn, who's one of my mm. total heroes for my whole lifetime. And 
she tells a story about how she, when she was young, she wanted to go be a missionary and do big things for God. And she applied, this was like back in the day, you have to apply to be a missionary and they put all your info through a computer and it's probably like the size of a house or whatever. And then it's supposed to shoot out what, you know, God's will is for your life and where you should go in this missionary community or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they said that she could apply to be a laundry supervisor in Nairobi, Kenya. She's like, yes, that's not very exciting, but I'm going <laughs> to go do that, and I will be the best one, and I will be getting Africans saved because I will be helping these missionaries with their laundry. It's going to be awesome. And when she finally applies, she gets a letter back, and they say, sorry, you are not qualified. She's like, what does that mean? How could I not be qualified to do laundry in Kenya? Like, what in the world? And she felt horrible about it. And she went back to the girls. She was teaching in like a junior high Sunday school class. And she said, I'm not going to Nairobi. I don't know, you know, what's going on. And they were like, well, we're glad you're not going to Nairobi because we like you here with us. And you, we want you to tell us stories because we always understand God when you tell us stories. And she's like, what? Mm. That's the worst idea ever. I used to get in trouble for telling stories. <laughs> so... um and so eventually she ended up writing the Christy Miller books, which are some young adult fiction books yeah. that are Christian. And to me, they, I mean, they made a huge impact on my life. And today I still think about those things that I read when I was in eighth grade. And so they, be, you know, she sold millions of copies. They're translated in different languages. She's yeah. written all other series and books too. But so later on, she's in a, 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 um, a writer's conference and she is sitting at a table with a young author who is from Nairobi, Kenya. And she yeah. says, oh, I so, you know, I wanted to go to Nairobi when I was younger. And she tells her the little, you know, laundry supervisor story. And the girl says, oh, but you did come to Kenya. You did come to Nairobi. God sent your words and used them to wash the souls of girls all over our country. Mm. And I mean, I'm sobbing at this point as I'm reading it because I, I just, just what Robin was saying that her words were sent across the world and she didn't even know it was going to happen and she didn't think it was a big deal it was just something that she did and god used it and i i felt for me that's exactly what god was going to do and not not that i thought i'm about to be a famous blogger and my words are going to go across the whole world mm. but just that where i was doing the things that were right in front of me robin yeah. wrote those books for the girls that were in her small group and she would have just self-published them you know that would have been harder back then but Mm -hmm. she had to print them off or whatever she was doing what god wanted her for the kids right in front of her and so and then god used it around the world and that's what i felt like god was asking me do what's right in front of you which is your one daughter and then god will do big things and do his quote will in your life because mm -hmm. of what you're doing right in front of you mm. so that's good that's good i've had a lot of it conversations with moms lately i've had um a couple different ones where they're struggling in this place of, you know, I want to do, I want to do more than being a mom. Like being a mom is not cutting it for me. It's not satisfying me. Um, but I feel like I should put that first. Mm -hmm. And, and it's kind of like what you're saying. Like we think those things don't matter, but yet we can also be a mom and find something within that and serve God right in front of us. We don't have to like, you know, have the big job on, job on Wall Street and be a mom or right. go off and get so our PhD. Separated. Yeah, and get, be a mom. We could, like, do something that we're enjoying doing already and trust yeah. that God can use that, um, but but not be miserable in, in being a mom. Like, we're not supposed to, like, no. sacrifice all these dreams. And you're, you are a gifted 
person, puppeteer, you're a gifted <laughs> and talented creative Can you believe person. no one has picked me up on that? I mean, I like, why, have, why am I not on the Disney Channel or you whatever? What's, what's in the Bible? Bible Come for on. sure. Paul, Please. Phil Vizier, Phil Vizier. So, <laughs> but I think like what you did was you took your creativity and your voice and your talents and you didn't have to like go big, you know, and start a like a huge curriculum or be in charge of this huge church like you just were with your kids and god is using you yeah it's it it, it, you've i know you've know holly girth and her her whole god-sized dreams and yeah it's that it's like you don't even know that god can take something that you thought you was not a thing or Mm -hmm. the dream that you thought you had he turns it around and makes it something way better and completely different it's 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 not even something I can explain because I would have not known that where I am right now would be way better than the thing that I planned for and went to school for yeah and I and I think some of it is like an external reward system that happens in society where like certain things get more pats on the back and so we value them as more important too sure um money being one pat on the back another is grades so if you go to school and you take that class and you get an a that feels better than i change a diaper i change a diaper i change a diaper right um you know i go make a million dollars and people tell me every day how great i am that's easier than this long this long-term reward of grown children who seek god so but i think that yeah, I think finding that thing, I would encourage anyone who's listening to like really think like, and I think, you know, Amanda, at your talk at a loom, I had to actually step out for a meeting, but I, so I missed the whole thing. But I think you were taking people down that journey of like, look back in your past and look at your lifeline yeah. of like, where have you seen God working? And what yeah. is he, what does he put into you? How has he gifted you? How has he wired you? What is your story? And th- pull all that together and say, well, what could I do be doing right now? Yeah. I think it's, it's also <coughs> like you told me this and I mean about doing the next right thing. Mm. The next right thing for you right now might be to, to change the diaper to, you know, bring your kid to kindergarten or whatever it is. And that is somehow, even though it has nothing to do with this big dream that you have or this desire that you have, somehow it leads to that. And I mm-hmm. can't explain that or, or anything. It's just, God's will is different than you think it is. It's not, um, and not just his will, but his plan and his happiness for you is just different than, than we make it out to be somehow. And not to say that I'm arrived and like, okay, this is what yeah. I'm do the next 35 years. However, I don't know how old I am and how much that makes me at the end, but whatever, you know, yeah. it's, it's just well, but I think God even if it's 40 years, places. yeah, even if it's 40 years, I think that that verse everyone quotes for, I know the plans I have for you declares yeah. the Lord plans to keep. That was spoken over people that were in another country that wouldn't see the hope for 40 yeah. years. Yeah. So, I mean, it was not like, and some of them would never see it. But I think right. that we think that, oh, I know the plan. Oh, that's like happy words. Well, for them, it was like, this could, this is a long time. <laughs> Just <laughs> right. the point is that to trust and to take those next steps. So, okay, let's talk about your next steps. When I met you at, um, what was or relevant now loom Mm -hmm. you were like okay kind of have this crazy idea I don't know if I should do it and I was actually like no wait I have another idea for you and I was like trying to push my idea on you because I'm like oh no you're really talented you should do this idea and you're like "Uh uh-huh no here my idea I was like okay what's your idea and your idea was go ahead yeah my idea was truth in the tinsel and basically 
I'll try to give you the shortened version. Um, when I was home, you know, with just my daughter after being a children's pastor, I got this little, she was little, she was not two yet. She turns two in January. So, I mean, her birthday's in January. So she was about to turn two. And I got this little advent calendar book. Like it had little stories in it and it had like flaps in the back and you would lift one up every whatever. And we didn't do Santa Claus or anything. And so I just like really wanted like this big experience for her, even though she was like one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, she's your first, the firstborn. You just do all sorts of crazy things. So, the first day was like this little devotion and then you made like an ornament and I don't even remember what it was. It was like a little star or something like mm-hmm. out of construction paper. It was not anything cool. And she loved it. She thought it was the best thing ever. And then the next day we went to the um, the book and did it and it didn't have an ornament in it. You were like supposed to go outside and I don't remember, look at the stars or go look at the creek. I, I don't remember. It was something weird that you would not do with a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, well, we'll just make up another ornament. And, you know, we made like whatever it was, a sheep with cotton balls on it or something. Mm-hmm. And so every day she just wanted to do that and make an ornament. And so we just made these and we hung them up on a string underneath a windowsill in our house. And they were nothing interesting. I and mean, they were not cool. And by the time we got to that book, that book was stupid. And it didn't even, it would jump around everywhere telling all sorts of different stories and whatever. Yeah. So the next year I said, well, I'm going to do that again, but I'm going to make it a little better. And I had heard about Jesse Tree, and I even tried to incorporate some of that, but that was too confusing. And then I said, I'm going to do it again the next year, and I'm going to do it my version, and I'm going to just go through the Bible story, you know, Mary and Joseph and the manger and all that. And then I just felt like, and I semi-blogged it, but, you know, it's 24 ornaments every for the whole month. It's kind of a lot. It was too much to blog. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, I need to make this into an ebook. And, of course, I was too lazy and I didn't do it. And then at a loom, I randomly got to go to a loom. Like at the last minute, VeggieTales sponsored me, and it was crazy. And that's when I met, saw you and met you and talked to different people. And I felt like that book was printed off, you know, on paper in a Word document in my bag. It felt like it was hot. It felt like it was on fire, and I mm. had to get it done. Yeah. God was just absolutely pushing it on me like this has to get out. Well, and that's like the end of October. So, yeah, that yeah. Is, that's fast. It was mm-hmm. crazy. And, and that's par for the course for me if you don't. Hey, How'd you I, I love that fire. Oh, that's the that's the key. That's the sweet sauce right there. Is the last. So, so I I start I my brother designed it. My mom came and helped me take pictures of all the ornaments. It wasn't hard to write because it's not like it's huge chapters and a huge amount of words. It's just leading the people in the in the in the devotion of it. So you read a scripture, you make an ornament, and then you talk about it. And it was crazy. I mean. When I got, I, I released it on Black Friday, which of course it was super cheap. So that's part of it. But I was selling one every minute. Mm. And by the end of that first six weeks, you know, by the end of that Christmas season, I had sold like, I can't remember now, but like over 6,000 of them. Wow. And I thought to myself, wow, if even half the people did this, that would be like 3,000 families. And I've never been in a church that had 3,000 families before. Mm. And now here I am at home with my daughter. Mm. And I guess I had my son then too sitting at home in my pajamas, writing things, in my messy playroom, taking pictures. Mm. And I'm ministering to more families than I ever saw in a church. Mm. And so God brought that God-sized dream back to me, but in a completely different and better way. So I I was doing what was in front of me, which was doing Mm. Christmas with my kids. And then God brought it to something else, which was ministering to other families. It's pretty crazy when I think about it still. (laughs) It makes me nervous. Christmas makes me nervous (laughs) because there's just, because it's such a big responsibility, you know? Yeah. So. 
But I think it's also so comforting to know that these that it's so beyond us. Oh, you know what absolutely. I mean? Like I take that, no credit for it. But that's the thing. Like you said, it's so beyond what you could have imagined a church you would ever work for or so beyond that you could do this when you're with your kids that it's encouraging to be like, yeah, so it it's is. totally God. So like, you know, I'll do my part and then he'll just kind of take off. Um, and so this Christmas will be the third Christmas with the third year that the book's been out. Yeah. And what's, have you said the name of the book yet? Oh, yes. Truth in the Tinsel? I don't know. I think I did. Yeah. It's like part of your vocabulary now that it's hard to know. Yes. Truth in the Tinsel. Yes. So An Advent experience for little hands. It is. And I've done it with my boys. Um, love it. And it is different from Jesse Tree that it's mainly focused on the New Testament story, right? Yes. Yeah. It's basically just the actual story because I think um, <clears throat> my kids would not be able to keep up with Noah and uh, all that that's in the Jesse tree when they're a little older, maybe we might try something, but this is just to get the details, but we do start in Isaiah and, you know, just so there's a little prophecy and then it, you know, it goes with Zechariah and Elizabeth and then it goes all the way down to Anna and Simeon. And then of course the cross is the last day. It's so they can see the full story. Well, and I loved, you know, you give the list of all the materials you're going to need from the get go, which yes. is awesome. Cause now I have like a really, stocked craft area so even that's when right. it's not christmas time and the boys you have room, stuff i have stuff we have beads and let's just you know string some beads and how many times have i used the exact same pieces that i bought three years ago for yeah. you know three years later totally so it might seem like you would need a bunch of stuff but you'll use it and use it and use it well and you can be like super mom without even trying like that's right very hard you just you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's but what I really loved, and this is what I was going to say, is that we had started it at home, but we spent the f four or five days before Christmas with my in-laws and my you know sister-in-laws and their kids. And mm -hmm. so I was like super aunt because I'd brought all the stuff with me. And so when oh, everyone's totally bored, everyone's totally, you know, we're all hanging out the house. We're all yeah. staying at the same house, like thousands of people and um, mm -hmm. sharing like one bathroom and we're... So the kids, you know, eventually start like hitting. I mean, it just caused a problem. So I'd be like, okay, craft time. And we'd pull it out. And it was like memorable, like really good time for awesome. me with them. And just they liked it. They asked about it, you know, the next year. So oh, cool. anyway, I, I, I highly recommend it. And then, you know, other people have kind of come off of your devotional, uh, created some cool things for older kids, like Steph Layton, oh. right? Yeah, she did Legos. Which for is, it, people are so creative. I'm like, oh, you guys are way cre more creative than I am. No, <laughs> All the things that people come up with. I it's think it's amazing. so great. Like, you know, the, if the whole goal is to get our kids in the Bible at Christmas time, right? Right. Yeah. If that's like, because I don't know. I mean, did you, I guess you started her so early. She was never a sinner, really, as far as <laughs> <laughs> her motivations no, at Christmas. She's but perfect. I told she you is that. perfect. She's perfect. But I feel like if, I'm not super intentional. This train goes down the wrong track around Christmas time. I mean, oh, absolutely. Oof, the catalogs that have already come in, I like it's hide ridiculous. them. I throw them in the trash. I don't even let Dude. them because the no, second I they not see let it, my kids make Christmas lists. No, I do not make Christmas lists. That is just the craziest thing. No, the funniest story is um, not the funniest story. That's kind of setting the bar too high. A interesting <laughs> story that happened last week is I had some painters in my house. And I, um, 
and I was talking to them and they saw the this long list of paper on the wall and he commented he's like wow that's quite a Christmas list and I'm like actually that's our um, gratitude list <laughs> of Aww. like all the things we're thankful for it said 1,000 gifts so he was like that's the quite a <laughs> He, like, totally thought they, like, listed off all the things they want on the wall. So, I mean, it. I do think, like, that in itself spoke, like, okay, Heather, you know, you're, you're at least doing something. We're at least Absolutely. doing something. But, yeah, I, well, I think if we're not intentional, this That's is. exactly what it is. If you're not intentional and that's – Christmas is crazy. I already feel right now that I'm Ugh. in the middle of crazy holiday busyness. And I'm like, it's not even – like, what? How did that happen? Yeah. Um, and if I don't set that time and say, this is what we're going to do, then we will end up watching stupid Christmas movies and not reading the Bible and not doing anything. It'll just sweep you away and you'll get wrapped up in everything else. But, and I I think what's interesting about doing something like truth in the tinsel, clearly there's other things that can help you focus on the Lord during Christmas too. But when you make it a tradition, when you make that part of your Christmas, um, celebration, I don't know what I'm trying to say when you do it year after year. That's yeah. what the kids focus on. So, yeah. like, my kids are, yes, they are, uh, I am not going to super spiritualize them. They're totally excited about presents. They're excited about, you know, cookies or whatever. But they are super excited about truth and tinsel mm-hmm. and, uh, because it's something that we do every year. And so to not set that up and to not do it, they w- would feel like they were, like, missing out on the equivalent of Santa Claus because yeah. it, it's so important to them. And I, so I think you have to set those traditions up in your family, whatever that is. Um, and do that every year, and but it, but your main tradition needs to be focused on on him, um, or you just you know, like you said, like we both said, you just get swept away and you forget. Whoa, that so, just went by like ten minutes. So I'm thinking like this year and last year too. It was kind of harder. My son, um, he goes to a classical Christian school, and it isn't full time, but it's still he goes every day at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when have you found? I know your kids are home some days and have mm-hmm. some school some days, so. When's the best time you've heard from people or seen? I guess if they're really little kids, they're in school yet, so you've got yeah. time. But have I don't you know, it's it's all different. A lot of people, a lot mm. of homeschoolers, you know, just have put it into their day mm. and made it like their curriculum, like their Christmas curriculum or their Bible curriculum for the month. Yeah. And so, you know, however your little homeschool works, um, and then a lot of people I know are doing it like I have never done this before because I'm too fast in the mornings but people were doing it like at breakfast they might not be doing the whole craft but they might like read the the, the scripture and then listen to the clue and mm. then when they get home they'll they'll do the um do the craft yeah for us it's different because they go my daughter goes to school two days and then we homeschool three days and so yeah it just kind of depends on what we're doing but then we also like to let my husband be involved in it and he wants mm. to do do it with them too so sometimes we'll do it after dinner yeah, yeah, that's a good idea after I, dinner. I act like I'm all, it's a big tradition. It is. It's just not like a tradition every day. I don't know how. Well, it just, yeah, and it, I feel like it's hard with those Advent things. As it gets closer to Christmas, they start, like, I feel like my kids have done the Jesse tree the first, like, two weeks, and then the last two weeks they haven't done. <laughs> my sister, like, passed down this really amazing homemade ornament oh. thing. It's so beautiful, but I really feel like you know, when we get towards the end, we lose it. So, yeah, no. And I, and I did remember like there was a, a year I did it like while dinner was cooking. That oh, seemed yeah. like a good time. Like if I'd put it in the oven and we had this period of time that could be crazy time. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> that was the year 
that we finished in. It was this beautiful devotional. And we went to go hang it on the tree. And my son's standing on the end of the couch and jumps into the tree like elf. And the whole tree collapses over. And I'm screaming that he ruined Christmas. So... We just, I'm totally serious. So we have to give ourselves, you know, you just have to laugh at, we try, right? We're trying, we're doing the best we can, but just be okay if like that day doesn't work out or they're not oh, listening or. Do not even think that you can do, I'm pretty sure that since I released this ebook that we have never done all 24 days. I mean, yeah. it's possible. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's just hard. I think I think just that there's something, you know, that they know that this is important and and I think for you like to have Amanda's tools there to use you don't have to come up with this like Amanda was doing for years. Like that right. takes a lot of the burden off and these are really quick. I mean, reading a verse, doing a craft, it's like how many minutes would you say? 15 or 20, mean, not even. Yeah. As yeah, long as you want. It's depends on your kids. Yeah. 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 But if you want it to be quick, you can be super quick. We have those printable ornaments. You can buy those separate, and mm. then you can do it super fast. Just color those little ornaments, and you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we did it the first year. Yeah. Um, I we went to Disney World the first ten days of December. So here I am, like releasing this ebook, and I'm <laughs> at Disney World, which was which was cool in one way because I couldn't drum up traffic or attention or anything it was just god bringing all that in so yeah. for me that was like you know watch out amanda You're, it's not all about you yeah um yeah. but we did it in the hotel room so i mean if we could yeah. do it in a hotel room after disney world it can't be too hard <laughs> well and you have a facebook group right that you can people can check in on for yes encouragement just, and ideas. A, just a facebook page truth in the tinsel and it's so fun there's like heather there's like over 10,000 people on what? that page. That's awesome. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so and people great. people from all over the world. And they, I so mean. So great. It's unbelievable. It's, it's so an fun. international people, ministry. That's great. People telling all these fun things that they do. And like I said, I, I'm reading and I'm like, wow, you are so much more intentional than I am. You are so much more creative than I am. People have just, are amazing. And they're so willing to share. And then I'm during December, it's so fun because everyone will post pictures of their kids or their ornament, and you can go, oh, mine doesn't look so bad, or whatever. It's fun. Yeah. Well, and I told you the story, too, of um, the one where you used the lid, the plastic lid. Yes. And we had it hanging up, and my brother-in-law was over, and he kind of glances at the tree, and he goes, why do you have trash hanging off your tree? I was like, um, that's a Bible story where... And then my boys were telling him about how he doesn't, you know, he didn't believe God, and so he couldn't talk. Anyway, until John was born. So, right. So, oh, hey, I think it's good to have trash hanging off your tree to keep you humble. That's right. Well, I hope you have a great week and a great Thanksgiving. Um, Heather, you too. Yeah. Are you hosting? Are you having family? Or are you going You know, tomorrow? no, I don't. Both of our families live in town, and so when both of your moms are in town, you, like, are still a kid. Mm, Nice. Nice. Yeah, so I posted it before, but only because I was like, we're having it at our house. But <laughs> I don't care. Okay, I don't well, care. I just found out I'm hosting it. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> Lovely. You want me to send something over? That's why the painters were here. I am, um, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm asking my sister, so what do I need to do? When do I need to buy a turkey? And you'll see family, and family is nice, and exactly what Truth in the Tinsel is about, spending time with your family. Um, celebrating the gift of Jesus. I just always say, 
this could be the year that your kids get it, that your mm. kids recognize Christmas is about Jesus. Jesus came for me. Jesus was born to die for me. And so I, I just never want to miss that opportunity. This could be the year. That's great. That's a good thing. Thank you, Amanda. And I hope y'all are inspired to one, seek the passion God has for you and realize that just um, because you're in this season of motherhood and being home doesn't mean he can't use you in amazing ways. And two, that you could be inspired to try out truth in the truth and the tinsel this year and create some memories with your kids. And like Amanda said, that this could be the year where they get it. So thank you, Amanda, for being my guest. Thank you, Heather. And I have a great Thanksgiving. Oh, I just love Amanda. And I also love that she is giving all of my listeners 20% off of Truth in the Tinsel. Just go to her site and use the discount code GodCenteredMom. Thanks for listening to the God Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.